Right, it's episode 240, and I am with our old co-host, Patrick, again, for another fun-filled adventure in podcasting. <laughs> so, last week we got pretty uh, schnockered up there, so... Uh, oh, wait, it's, that's what this episode is about. This <laughs> oh, this one, this one's the one? I ain't got, no, we ain't got nothing to do tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, well, I might have to edit a lot tomorrow, depending on how you act, but yeah. Uh, Say something like fucked up, you know, and then I gotta right. fucking cut it out. <laughs> might it might happen. You never know with this fucking clown. <laughs> he might wave his dick out in the fucking studio. Hey, look at this flip flap. Yeah. <laughs> Christina hates when I make that noise. Like <laughs> Stop it. That's when she's like <laughs> Doesn't get it all. I think it's just yeah, it's just it's just gross to her. I mean, it is gross, but like it's just that extra. But that's always me, you know. I do a little extra. Yeah, a little extra makes me moist. I love it. <laughs> so this week we're going to be talking about two movies that Patrick picked out, uh, starting with The Hunger from 1983, which is a vampire flick, and the next one is too. What's that? And we're going to be talking about Near Dark. That's right. So, two 80s films. That one was in 87. This one's in 83. We'll go in order. These, uh, The Hunger is the first time I've ever seen it, by the way, just so Same. you guys know. Yeah. And uh, I feel embarrassed about it, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, Near Dark, I've seen many times. A lot of people compare it to The Lost Boys because there is some connections in there, and we'll get into that in some of right. our trivia. There's also some connections to other movies, but we won't spoil that for them just yet. Did you notice the shirt I'm wearing today? Yes, I did. I got my Lost Boy shirt on. <laughs> I was wondering why you were wearing that, though. But well, yeah, because there's a connection there. Well, it's funny because both of our dads say that they that Near Dark is the best. Right, and uh, we'll get to that. And yeah, and we'll see if they're they're right. Like if we agree with them, at least no one's wrong. Yeah. Well, unless you're they're our fathers, <laughs> which are usually wrong. <laughs> and if you're listening now, I'm totally kidding. I love you, and you're always right. Pick one. <laughs> whatever you want no i <laughs> take your teeth out dad that's it yeah no actually me and my dad for father's day called him up and we had like a three-hour conversation about fucking 
just horror movies. We were talking about The Exorcist, and he was how he was like saying that that was like the biggest movie that had ever come out. Oh yeah, it was big. That scared the shit out of people. And he told me something <laughs> that that uh, he walked by my brother's room every night after that movie, and he was like afraid because he he was at the same age. Oh shit! <laughs> as Reagan was, and uh, he was like, uh, he's like, I was thinking to myself, if like some the bed started moving and shit, I was just gonna get the fuck out of there. I was well, like. I you just leave fucking Joe, like, fucking hanging out. I think the, the next biggest horror movie before that was uh, Psycho, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Every every movie has, like, you know, we admire the thing now, and it wasn't admired back then. I'm sure there are people that did like it, but a lot of people were like, oh, it's just, you know, too obvious. And, you know, maybe... You know, like the taste taste makers were not especially fond of that movie, and now days, it's like one yeah. of everybody's favorite. You know, these days it seems like everybody just wants to shit on things. Well, I think I think it's not. I think it's. I mean, I feel that way too. But I think really what it is is just if you go looking for something, you're gonna find it. That could be it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not gonna be able to get away from it because online is just a fucking melting pot of fucking idiots, <laughs> and uh, we all agree and disagree on everything. So there's always gonna be some ass that has some shitty thing to say about the movie that you love, whereas there's always going to be some asshole. But I do agree that we tend to talk about negative shit more. Than the positive. Yeah, like, I do not like to look up or start a post saying, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? Because inevitably, that's going to be someone's favorite movie, and they're going to be like, what the fuck? And there's always that guy that doesn't necessarily hate that movie, but he knows it's so beloved that right. that's the movie he's going to sing. Well, there's out. no right or wrong answers. There's just majorities and not majorities. Yeah. And sometimes the majority is fucking wrong. And sometimes the majority is fucking right. It just happens to be dependent on the person who's who's agreeing or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I agree. <laughs> So, yeah, it's all in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, if, if you find something negative, although I do hate when groups like and I see in groups all the time, some motherfucker, it's like, oh, this movie, blah, blah, blah. What a piece of shit, you know, like and it's like, oh, wow, that that was going to be the, the one post you've made in two weeks. And if you're going to say something negative about a movie, why don't you put some kind of some meat into your your, your comment? Right. You know? Well, sure. You at, know? L- at least be, a, you know, like explain yourself. If, yeah. Don't just, oh, it's fucking trash. The worst. Like, I, I joke around. Me and Josh always joke around with each other because he calls shit trash. And I just, that's like my, my you know, my trigger. Because mm-hmm. like, but but he's way more explain, explaining of things than, than I'm expressing right now. But yeah, when people don't express themselves, yeah. But even then, before that, why even go to that? There is literally thousands upon thousands of movies that you could pick to talk positively about. And you decided to pick the one movie just to shit on somebody? Come on, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I see movies that are bad, and I've found enjoyment out of them now. You know what I mean? Like, and some people get mad at you for that, too. I found that recently. Yeah? Yeah. Like, uh, somebody was saying, like, in one of the Vinegar Syndrome groups, they were like, hey, you know, like, maybe I'm stirring the pot here, but do you guys really hate these movies, or do you just buy them to shit on them? Because I like Scanner Cop, and I was like, well, I like Scanner Cop 2, I was like, but not maybe like you do. Like, I don't think it's a perfect film, but it's also kind of the perfect storm. You know, like yeah. it's it's not it's not hereditary. Oh shit! Oh, sorry, shit. I didn't mean to bring it up. Patrick. Fucking triggered me. 
You motherfucker! <laughs> there you go. Wake Christina up. Whatever you gotta do. Oh, is Christina home? She's asleep. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's okay, dude. Sorry. She's used to it. We got noise machines and shit, so you can drown your dumb ass out. Yeah. Hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> you can do about it, bitch. Anyway, uh Wait, let's get let's before we crack off the show, let's let's crack into these shots here. All right. Crack into the shots, huh? We're gonna crack it into it. Did you crack open the sugary rim? I did. To get to the goodness. Mm-hmm. We got our Sambuca here. We're gonna fucking try to do a couple shots. Oh yeah. Patrick's been drinking already. I had a swig of some vodka. Let's do it. I don't know why I can't stop talking like this. <laughs> I, I just fucking love it. He's fucking know? wacky like fucking that. Fucking Boston, man. Oh, right, my cousin cheers. from Boston. Cheers, you fucking dildo. You fucking clown shoe. Oh, Jesus. Ah. Oh. Wah. Uh, that's a nipple razor right there. Yes, in my shyster. Yes, in your shyster. Huh? Yes, in my shyster. In your shitter? <laughs> yeah, eat my shit. Ugh. Eat it. Here. I'm going to pour it for you. Hold on. We're too far away. Oh, I could have leaned forward. I was trying to tell you to meet me halfway, you fucking lazy piece of shit. You don't give me what I like. <laughs> All right, that's one. Ugh. All right. I'm just going to have to wash it. That was some fucking vodka right, just dude. to yeah. get that taste of poop out of my mouth. <laughs> Cheers. Salute, my friend. The fucking negativity. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's enough. I want another one. I gotta, I gotta wash it down with this sugary fount Fanta. Oh, you sure you don't want another Stella? No, I'm good. Ugh. Oh. Anyway, so yeah. So how's everything with you, by the way? What's going on with you? Well, I'll tell you what. The AC at work got fakes. Broken. Oh, it's. Do you have fans yet? They got us fans. Yeah. Wow. Only a week later. Yeah, but the thing is, like. We have all these, like, you know, when you get a prescription from a doctor, there's usually, like, instructions and how you should use it. And You mean to tell me doctors can figure out how to put a fan up? No, what I'm saying, I'm getting to that. <laughs> if you're going to let me finish. Oh, you can do surgery, but you can't put a fucking fan together? What, are you fucking stupid? No, I'm saying the fans are in there, but now when we're packing, like, all my papers are just like... <laughs> Oh, so you gotta get some rock. You gotta do the old school thing and just put like a rock down on everything, you know? Yeah. Keep it nailed down. Maybe get some fucking, you know, staples. (laughs) Staple it to your chest, your neck, and fucking shit. Right to your fucking nuts and be wacky with it. You know what I'm saying? Been rough. I've been in and out of like, it's like on my days off, like I just not feeling things lately. And then all of a sudden my tooth will start fucking hurting out of the blue. It's gotten better. I know you guys are like, just go get it fixed. Well, yeah, Mr. Moneybags, I'll just go and spend $1,500. No big deal. Well, you know, like I'm the same way. Like I've been like, how long have I been an avid gamer? Like gaming every day. Well, I haven't touched my Xbox. You have a kid. That's what you gave up when you had it. I mean, you might I, as well toss that away and just get a new crib. Even at night when I have a couple hours to myself. Throw I just, it in the I garbage. Just, I just don't feel it. I'm just like, I don't. Uh. Burn it in front of your child just so you know. <laughs> like, see what you did to daddy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so I think it might be that time. Oh, shit. Horse shots. Horse shots. 
All right, guys. So we are going to be doing a shot today based around one of the movies, one of the two movies that we watched this week. Uh, could be The Hunger. Could be Near Dark. We decided to go with a flaming Homer. That should let you know what movie it is. But I will go ahead and tell you. It's it's Near Dark. Of course. So um, I almost had I had one. For the other movie? For the other movie. Because Can I hear they, it? Because they were drinking sherry in oh, the movie, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. thought about getting some sherry or something equivalent to it, you know what I mean? Something with cherry. Uh, but uh, I decided to go against that and just went with the Flaming Homer because it made sense. Because when I saw something in the film that happens, I was like, oh, double entendre, you know, it's already in existence. So we decided to come up with a Flaming Homer. If you've seen the movie, I don't want to spoil it for you. You'll figure it out. Do you and care it, if we record with, can I just take my shirt off and just... Are you sweating? Dude, I just want to, like, let my gut... No, I don't want to like, look at your nipples. Well, it's going to be very distracting. Dude, I'm so hairy. You probably you got a unibrow for them. your nipples, don't you? Dude, my, my, <laughs> it, my shit is like, my shit is like Austin Powers. I'm sorry, dude. I'm I like a hairy I feel bad. Animal. I feel, I, the unibrow thing's going to die. I'm sorry, guys. Like, if you guys have a unibrow, rock that shit. Show your strengths. It's like, you know, you know how butterflies draw on their mates, right? That's how I do it with my fucking eyebrows and shit. It's like the hypnotizes them. <laughs> next thing you know. Do they land on your lips and shit? Drop. Like, what do they do? <laughs> fucking butterflies? I don't know. Butterflies wear panties? With- yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, what is in a flaming Homer? Well, we decided that uh, we would put some Bacardi 151, but we didn't get it. So we didn't get Bacardi 151. We got Bacardi Superior, which is not the ingredient we needed to make a Flaming Homer, unfortunately. So I apologize. But there is a fire ingredient in sort of Tennessee fire, and we got Bacardi Superior. When you guys make this at home, at home just get 151. Yeah. Light that shit on fire. Light it on fire. Throw it on your fucking parents. Let them know the BTV sent Lather you. Lather it on them nippies. Tell the FBI that the BTV sent you to fucking bird down some- <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that shit, you fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're going to do one half of Bacardi Superior, or 151, and one half a Tennessee Fire. I would say light this on fire, but I don't think uh, Superior works, and I don't even have a lighter in here. Anyway, so here you go, Patrick. Here's a flaming Homer. Dude, I'll go get it just to see if it will light. No, 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 no. I poured the Tennessee fire on it, top of it. You're supposed All to right, layer I'm gonna in. I'm going to step away from the mic because it just feels disrespectful that we're not clanking. we got to clank once. What the fuck? I didn't... Clank with me. I just handed you the drink. I know. Let's clank. Okay. Cheers. Salute. The homa. Just not tasted... very good. No. Just tasted like fire. It tasted like... Uh... Coconut Fireball. Yeah. Which is not a really good mix. I've had worse on this show. It's not affecting me as much as it is you. <sighs> it's like all up in your grill. I mean... Alex literally looks like he's trying to pinch one this off This is right probably now. what 13-year-olds would drink, right? And yeah. the kid, And Homer was 13 in the movie, like, or, or younger. He, I think he was younger. Was he? Maybe he was I don't know, 13. because don't know. like he's one of those actors that looks younger than he is. So. Right. Maybe he gets that Andy Milanakis thing going on. Well, so, I was kind of thinking, too, you know, like he's got like a younger look about him. Mm. But uh, if you would like to try one of these uh, flaming homers, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horse shot section now. And remember, only you can prevent homer fires. Oh, shit.
That's it for Horror Shots. All right, guys, so now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes, and I'm sweating like a fucking pig right now. Uh, Dude, I'm about to rip this fucking shirt off, bro. No, I don't want it. Don't do it. Dude, it's going to be like... It's going to be like Chippendales up in here. I don't want none of that. I was about to say that. It's going to be all Chippendales. Flabby Chippendales up in this bitch. What would the fat... Chippendales be called. It'd be called like cookies and cream. <laughs> It'd be like Ben and Jerry's or some <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> I'm about to show you Rocky, the Ben and Jerry's yeah, show. It's baby. Rocky Road. Here it comes. It's oh, too much hair. It's so hairy. It's too much hair. So anyway, that's we're gonna go ahead and jump into that right now. Alright guys, I apologize for that drunken banter. I'm trying to we're trying to keep it straight here so we can like No we're not. So we can like enjoy the conversation about the movies. As a matter of fact, I'm doing another shot right now. <laughs> You're out of control. I am not, so you can enjoy I don't that. gotta work tomorrow. Well, I, I don't, but I wanna have a living existence tomorrow where it's not in agony. I gotta go to a gender reveal and a barbecue tomorrow. Oh, don't set any fucking buildings on fire, by the way, proving your fucking gender. <laughs> <laughs> Set a fucking house on fire or some shit. <laughs> oh, it's a male, but uh, the whole neighborhood's dead. <laughs> They're really trying to show people that they had genders, so you know how it is. They, you know, insurance didn't cover hey, you it. Know but what? I feel like freedom has been stood, and there was a flag right in the middle of our neighborhood that is now a charred, burned ass mark on the side of the earth. I, I always think that people go a little crazy with that shit. <laughs> Like, they had to prove it. Like, see, he's got a dick. He's got a fucking dick. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to go ahead and kick it off. Speaking of which, an LGBTQ movie that we're going to be talking about now is The Hunger, which was one of the earlier ones that this is, like, considered to be one of the more open, forward-thinking, progressive fucking movies that you will see in the vampire or horror genre, I guess. I mean, they had some other movies, but this one was a very big one. Oh, yeah, and I totally agree with that. This is The Hunger that came out in 1983. It's also known as Les Predators, which is The Predators, Dercus de Tordes, which is the kiss of death, or in Spanish they call it al ansia, the craving. In Brazilian Portuguese they call it fome de viver, which means hunger for life. <laughs> Bet you didn't know I all love that. that, dude. Say it again. Yeah. Get, you want me get speak? me out, dude. You're getting me wet. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Patrick. Call the fuck down. Hide your hairy tits, dude. Because it's... they're coming out. <laughs> But this is considered to be one of the many techno-neo-noir horror movies. Now, if you're not familiar with the term neo-noir, it's kind of an outdated term that used to be used for a lot of popularized 1955 French films. There were some critics that were in France named Raymond Bourdet and Etienne Chamontin. Chamontin. It was applied to crime films from the 1940s and 1950s, mostly produced in the United States, which adopted a 1920s and 1930s sort of 
art deco visual environment. So this one is a very stylish movie. And I thought I would add that in there because I thought it was interesting because I was like, wait, what is technically, you know, neo-noir? Right. Um, The story is a love triangle develops between a beautiful yet dangerous vampire, her cellist companion, and a gerontologist, which gerontology is about geriatrics, like people who get old. Right, she was studying monkeys, right? They were aging rapidly. Which is pretty cool. This is by director Tony Scott, which is, of course, the brother of Ridley Scott. This was his first theatrical feature, a film that supposedly Ridley Scott turned down because he found out David Bowie was going to be a part of it, which is weird to me. I guess he's just not a fan. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking, why why didn't he do more movies? Because he He is a really good actor. He is actually pretty good, but he's just a natural entertainer. That's the way it is. Uh, Tony Scott, though, is the director of Top Gun, which was his next film, okay? No shit. Yeah, so this this is giving you the breadth of talent that this guy had. He also did Beverly Hills Cop 2, Days of Thunder, The Last Boy Scout, True Romance, The Fan, Deja Vu, Man on Fire, which has all of the Nine Inch Nails songs in it. Yeah. That, oh, dude, I love those movies. All the, of those are like action thriller c- comedies right. or something. You know what remember I mean? Remember how prevalent Nine Inch Nails was back then? Right. Like, but, remember The Fan? Oh, yeah, he God. Did, he did The Fan as well. Oh, did he? Yeah. No, that's that's amazing. Yeah. So these are all movies that are very different from this movie in particular. This is, of course, based on the novel The Hunger from 1981 by Whitley Stryber, who his work also made the movies Communion. Whoa, there's an alien inside of me. <laughs> Spot on, my friend. <laughs> I don't know if that's well, like that good. I will tell you that, that Communion, that fucking bit where you fucking see the alien's face kind of peek out. At that Hello. One. Oh, God. Peek-a-boo. Give, give me the shivers, bro. It's almost <laughs> like that scene from Signs where the alien pokes out it's from the bushes. It's that practical effects, man. Oh. But also, Whitley Stryber also did the movie Wolfen, which there's a pack out there that I really want to buy that I, had, I don't have the money for yet, but I'm going to get. It's got The Hunger, Innocent Blood, Wolfen, and something else on there. It's like a four-pack for like $27. 20? Oh, dude, that's a steal. <laughs> Anyway, this is written, the screenplay at least, by James Costigan, who had been writing since the 50s. He had written and won a lot of Emmy award-winning TV shows. Like, um, there was a movie that he did that was called Little Moon Over Alban, Love Among the Ruins, Eleanor and Franklin, and many more. Very, you know, like, legit writer who's writing horror. So he was slumming it for this, but wanted to kind of give it that love treatment. Then we also have writer and screenplay writer uh, Michael Thomas, who did Lady Hawk, The Devil's Double, The 33, and more. Dude. Some of the cast in this movie is Catherine Deneuve, who plays Miriam Blaylock. She is from Paris, France, and she's been acting since the late 50s, guys, and she still fucking is. That's pretty fucking kick-ass. She was in the movie Dancer in the Dark, one of the, uh, Devin's favorite movies, by the way, our friend. Fuck you, Devin. Uh, she was also in Roman Polanski's Repulsion, Eight Women, Belle du Jour, The Forbidden Room, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and many, many more. It also stars David Bowie, who plays John Blaylock, who is in Labyrinth, of course, The Prestige, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, Zoolander, the video game that was on Dreamcast called the, uh, Omicron, The oh, Nomad dude. Soul. Let me, can I just go off about? I own Omicron? that on PC now. They actually ported it. I still have it on my on my Dreamcast. I still do too. It is 
probably one of the best. I wouldn't say best, but it did a lot of things. It was the best thing in that game. <laughs> I'll be honest, because that thing is confusing as shit. It it did it did fighting. It it did like a straight up like versus fighting thing. It did a RPG. It did. Um, first person shooter well, no no it was more about going into different dimensions by your mind that's what that that was about but it well, was no, set it the, was it was set like in the future would, like like, like a, right yeah when you started the game it was like you were transferring your soul into the video game right and then that was kind of like the whole premise of the the game is that you could transfer your soul to different vessels right you could hit get hit by cars and shit i remember mm-hmm Great game. Great soundtrack. I, I don't know about great, but I mean, it, it's definitely an it, underrated gem that was, it's a different video game that if someone were to give enough time to, would have more substance than most video right. games. Right. It needs to be polished. It is kind of a turd, but I, I loved it for what it did that other video games did not do. We also have Susan Sarandon, who plays Sarah. She was also in Thelma and Louise. Bull Durham, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Witches of Eastwick, Children of Dune. She was in three episodes of that. Ray Donovan, the TV show, the sequel spinoff from The Big Lebowski called Jesus Rolls, and many more. Also stars Cliff DeYoung, who plays Tom Haver, the girl, the boyfriend of Sar- Susan Sarandon. He was in The Craft Shock Treatment, which is the sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show, Glory, Suicide Kings, Effects, Pulse from uh, 1988, which was about the kid who whose house go, comes to life and all electricity tries to kill him. RoboCop TV series, he did four episodes. He was also in RoboCop 4. I always forget about how much RoboCop there was. There's a lot of RoboCop that not many people remember. They always remember the trilogy, but they don't realize there was like the TV four, series five, was six, and then there was one where like RoboCop flies around. That was three. Yeah, and then they even had a Total Recall TV show, which, by the way, which is a uh, French production out of Canada uh, that uh, I owned. <laughs> uh, he was also in Carnosaur 2, The Substitute, and more. We also have Beth Ellers, who plays the young girl named Alice. She was in a ton of episodes of Guiding Light Daytime TV, like 465. So she made a career out of that. All My Children, River Ridge, and many more. This movie made about $10 million at the box office. And Patrick, what did you think of it? All right. So I didn't know what to think about it when I first watched it. Of course, it starts out with the Bauhaus. And hell yeah. Bella Lugosi's dead, which is like... Bella Lugosi's oh. dead. You know what's funny? When we watched, we first started watching the fucking movie, and I heard the, the like... Right. I was like, gonna get down and ride down, baby, in line in the right time, the right time, baby, all right. Because they always... She wants revenge, right? Yeah, because they wanted to be Bauhaus for, like, right. badly in that song. But, you know, She Wants Revenge actually is a pretty Oh, I don't mind band. them. I don't think anybody minds them. I think it was just played at the club so much for the 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 scene that I'm in. Yeah. But at the time, when that, when that song came out, it was like listening to Bauhaus in our time. Yeah. So it was really cool, like, to dance on the dance floor to that and, like, Bauhaus and all these other songs. But anyway, continue. Uh, but, yeah, it starts out with a bang. It, it is kind of disjointed in a way where it's like shit doesn't make sense until you're probably, like, halfway point of the movie. And you're I don't like, know. I'm, I'm, it all made sense to me all the way through. I may have been on Oh, you movie. have a child. That's yeah. right. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, it, I thought it it was professional well reviewer here, guys. It was well shot. It, it was almost shot like a music video. Yeah, very much. 
um, and I, that might have been Bowie's influence on mm-hmm. the the director, maybe. I don't know, but uh, I thought it was a uh, well done. It's not one of my favorite Van Barre films. I I don't know. I don't think I would watch it again soon. But it is one of those ones I probably would recall eventually, mm-hmm. just to be like, oh, we're watching. Oh, it's a good vampire movie. Oh, well, if you've never seen this, you might want to check that out, just because it's. It's not like anything you've ever probably seen before. I did think a lot of it, I thought it was funny when you were talking about neo-noir, that it did kind of have like a Blade Runner feel to it. Well, just it's that old 20s, 30s sort of like the clothes that they were wearing. Right. Just that style that is they were wearing in Blade Runner. It was like a throwback kind of thing mm-hmm. to that as well, yeah. And I, and after watching it, I was like, I can see, because this is one of the movies that Stina wanted to review. Mm-hmm. And I She feel, was mad at me, and she didn't let me live it down, by the way, just FYI. Yeah. I was like, at least we got to see it together. And she was like, that's true. <laughs> I could tell, because like when I see the, the, main, the main vampire, the head vampire, the glasses she wears, I was like, that's totally Stina. Yeah. That is Stina all over. He's talking uh, about Christina, by the way, guys. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, we, we call her Stina. Close, close friends do, but most people call her Christina. Yeah, or Chrissy, but most people just say other people just get punched in the face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, she wouldn't let me live it down. I finally said to her, "Listen, are you gonna let me live this? Are you gonna let this let me live this down like Jesus Christ?" Right. Like when you offered that suggestion, I was in another different atmosphere. I wasn't even about the movie. I had no idea who was in you it. You should have just I'd told never me you. You should have just told me you're in a doghouse, and I'd be like, "All right, bro, I understand." And I, I would have dropped be it. Fair to you, you know. You're coming on, filling in the gap. Maybe she should have been here. It, 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 <laughs> honestly, honestly, the reason this this even suggestion came up is just because I was looking for something that would be because originally I was we were gonna do the lighthouse. <laughs> Oh god! And, and, and we know Alex doesn't like the lighthouse I, no, I or the it, witch. No, I liked it better than the witch. So anyway, continue. But anyways, uh, I, I was just going for you know uh, what's his? Why am I blanking on his name? What's his name? David Bowie? No, Robert Eggers. Guy in Lighthouse. Oh, I don't know. Dude, come on! I can't. I don't know. Who's gonna be Batman? No. Oh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. So the reason I picked. I started because it started from Lighthouse, and then I was like, "All right, Willem Dafoe movies. What's a good pairing with Lighthouse?" And I stumbled across The Hunger, and I was like, "Oh shit, David Bowie's in this! I didn't really knew this fucking existed." Right, and I'm like, "You told me that you were gonna do it because of Willem Dafoe, and he's literally in this movie for three for like seconds. two. Fu- yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna get to. He's like literally, yeah, it's like a nothing part. Yeah, it's it's like it's really young Willem Dafoe, but yeah, yeah." You can't that nose. You can't mistake that nose. <laughs> Anyways, I, I think this movie was well done. Um, like I said, I, I wouldn't watch this all the time, but it is something I would recall eventually. Okay, but all so the you're go- a little disappointed with it. I, I think all the all in all, I think it, it was a well-rounded movie, but it's not something I would watch again. It's kind of like uh, Midsommar to me. You okay, know what I mean? So what did you think of what like what score would you give this? I would give it about like a five point five or six or something. Or a six. Okay, wow. Wow. That's vapid, uh, I mean that's extremely different than what I experienced. Yeah. And I am not a vampire fan, let me tell you. Um so this is like I mentioned my first time watching and I'm a little embarrassed I haven't seen it because it is pretty popular especially within the scene that I've been a part of and partied in quite a long time and wrote music for. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm really not a fan of vampires like I said, so it slipped by me probably because of that. But hey, that's what this podcast is for. Yeah. I wanted to It's tell, all about discovery, baby. Yeah, I didn't want to do stuff that I had already seen. 
I wanted to watch new movies and have opinions about that, so it would urge me to watch shit that I hadn't seen. This is a this is a voyage of self-discovery, baby. Well, yeah, and what is out there? There's a lot of shit out there. But I have to say, I really love this movie. Like, I actually really love it. You really love it, huh? Immediately, I was into it. I was like, oh, my God. You know what? It's so funny because we're so like-minded that it makes me think that, like, I need to rewatch it or something. Maybe I was so disconnected. <laughs> I'm that influential. That's No, it's just because like, usually we're, we're right on the same page about these things. No, 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 no. It's your experience, man. You go with you what you feel. Like, that's the, the truth right there. Right. But maybe maybe later on you'll be in a better mood for it but it's not it's not even my style like but it's far ahead of its time socially mm. and it's done so fucking well like i knew tony scott had a lot of great movies but i did not know that he would make this like this is so weird to me that he made this as his feature film this is supposed to be the closest to his chest you know what i mean like this is supposed to be the one you know what i mean but and he did this directly before top gun which kind of you know catches me off guard when you think about it because that's such a very different film yeah that is a mainstream movie this is not that's like you got the jock and the skater it's like right <laughs> like you don't put Bauhaus and then you go the Everly Brothers in the next film like that's completely fucking different Everly Brothers or whatever they did that song where they play on the fucking piano and it's like that big scene with fucking like Goose and fucking Maverick and shit and then they start blowing each other it was like way ahead of it's time but, they playing volleyball. but then they cut it out because they were like ah, I don't know if this is mainstream enough anyway <laughs> But I don't know. It's just like it just it, it kind of makes perfect sense in some ways, too, because specifically the music that he chooses that they put in this film because he wanted to have a lot of like uh, classical music. But he also had a lot of like in the very beginning, a lot of like alternative like gothy shit. Yeah. And he was a big fan of Bauhaus. Like he got to see them live and was like, well, let's put them in. Um, you know, and Top Gun had a lot of songs, too. So it's like, you know, kind of makes sense there. So that whole music video thing that you were talking about, very similar. Yeah. I Who, I will say that I do prefer the music in this one a bit more, but go figure about houses in it. So right. it's like, you know, right off the bat, I was literally digging. That's what they open up with. Yeah. Like I was digging on this movie like right away. I loved its style. I loved how they were like sexually like active, like attacking or sort of like luring these people into it. And like, I'm thinking to myself, like, how the fuck have I belonged to the goth industrial scene for so long and not seen this fucking movie right, like i feel right, like right. a fake you know like a poster. that's what i felt like when i was watching it's like how, like soon as like i seen the opening with the Bauhaus, and i was like how do i not know about right this and they're in the film? fucking movie right like it's... they're actually in it with some of the best photography for them and it's like i was like what the fuck but it's also like it, it's just really slick very stylish opening but also so well shot like it is so well shot like you really like looking at this movie is very artistic there is like it, it it seems like whoever was doing whatever knew like they came in this was not a feature first feature film this was like hey you've been doing it for 20 years wow how did you do this like and, it definitely had that like i was saying like that music video sure feel to it and they do a lot of techniques in this film to kind of like express emotion and like how a character's feeling and the camera work gets really like fast and like flashy and things start to happen which puts you in this like kind of atmospheric mood which i really absolutely loved and the suspense from it that i got from it was like just superior stuff 
And it feels like this movie has all of its individual cylinders sort of firing together for like this one great engine if a, if you know of a movie. The acting in it is actually very good and even though Bowie is not in it as long as I would have hoped, I thought he did a fantastic job. But, you know, I'm I'm comparing this to fucking bit parts and like, you know, fucking labyrinth, which is like way over the top. Yeah, but I mean he is the Goblin King. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't get amazing. to see his bulge in this one, but I know, like that thing should have had its own fucking. This wasn't song. a kids' show, so I guess we won't see <laughs> bulges in this movie. Just boobs from Susan Sarandon, by the way. Uh, but yeah, I thought he did a fantastic job. Susan Sarandon looks beautiful. She was so pretty back then. Mm. Like I forget about that yeah. shit. You think about Thelma and Louise, and you go, "Holy shit, that's Susan Sarandon." Holy shit, she's fucking nude. Holy shit, that chick is licking her. Tits, like I was like, holy shit! Christina was even a little like embarrassed and shy about it. Yeah, she was a little. But I was like, it's all tastefully done, and it's all done like you know when they do that sheet where it's like floating in between them, Mm. tastefully. You know, like like ah, this is the most. It's like one of those like classical pornos I've ever seen. It's like one of those romance novels with fucking what's his face on the cover. Oh, and, and Catherine Denueve was also really, really good in it. Uh, there's some interesting stuff about her and David Bowie in this, and like some, some people that got into relationships and stuff because of this movie. Mm. I mean, it is a very sexually charged movie, and it also is kind of like very, like I said, LGBTQ. It's very uh, gay-friendly or queer-friendly or, you know... Even just, just just a ton of stuff in this movie. Like, it's so far ahead of its time. And for Tony Scott, the fucking action horror, like, action thriller, you know, fucking comedy guy. Like, I would not expect this from them. You know what I mean? It's just really, yeah. it's really strange. Um, where I think I was particularly fond of the, the this movie is the aesthetics. But the story for me was really good, too. Like, I, yeah, there is some lovey-dovey stuff, which, you know, unfortunately I'm not a huge fan of. But they did it really well, and it wasn't like it didn't overstay its welcome. It, it made sense. It felt like it fit. It all was beautifully shot. So even if I was bored in that moment, visually I was actually kind of blown away by mm. everything that they were doing. Um, plus, it's not a it's like a not a vampire on the nose kind of film either. They didn't even use the word vampire in this movie. Yeah, I, I, you know what? It's funny you say that because like, I was like, is this movie about vampires? Right. They don't really say. And there is different lore because they, they aren't really allergic to crosses or sunlight in this movie. Mm. So you're just like, huh? Now, keep in mind, this this movie, may, while I may be kind of ecstatic about it, this is a, my first time watching it. And it is a little different. It is, it's not my style normally. But if I were to give this anything lower than a fucking eight, I would feel kind of terrible about myself. Because are, are, you, are you projecting on me? You're trying to make me feel no, bad? No, I'm saying for my own personal taste, I would actually give this film a 8.5 out of 10. Wow. I think the aesthetics, the suspense, the acting, everything just works really well together. The story really impressed me because it's so fucking unique and different than any vampire thing that I've ever seen. I agree with that. And they actually go into different territories with all these different moving parts in the story that you never see in any other films. 
and they do different things. It almost kind of feels like a Tales from the Dark Side uh, or like you know Tales from the Crypt story, mm. like three different stories put into that one fucking on, movie. That comment right there is on the nose. You know what I mean? It's like definitely, I, but, I but can that's see a that little now. more hokey. So I, I feel weird saying that. So this is very legit. Like not all stories from Tales from the Crypt were hokey. There were right, some but a lot were, of them were. And if yeah, you, if you think about a fucking talking skeleton. It's a little hokey, but this is very legit and very serious, very uh, well acted. There's a lot of talent in this movie, and it's it's kind of like one of those things that like you're probably not going to like it if you're not into slow stuff, but you will at least be impressed by something in this film. Yeah, like I am not a fan of The Witch, but I'm impressed by what they did in it. So it's one of those kind of things. It either hits you or it doesn't. Mm. And typically, I don't even like romanticized vampire shit. Like, I really don't. This one kind of seemed like it it's played the so, middle, though. It's kind of modern, though. It didn't, like, so go so romantic or so the other direction. I liked, I, I don't know. There's just something about it that is just really good. I'm surprised I haven't watched this movie. I'm definitely going to be buying it and picking it up. It makes me want to watch fucking Innocent Blood and Cat People, which is another movie. Cat People is a very uh, neo-noir kind of film as well, uh, where it's like very crime. It's like a mafia movie with fucking some chick who like kills all the mafia and stuff and like turns them into fucking sort of like vampires and shit. Mm. Like It's like interesting. I've never seen that one. Yeah, like it's crazy. It's an Innocent Blood that I'm thinking of. I can't remember remember but both of those movies i want to see now just because of this movie and that's that's something to be said about it so anyway i'll stop talking about it i know i've gone on and on but honestly i think if you can get into really artistic films um that do something different with the story and have a lot of moving parts a lot of really great actors you're gonna be kind of surprised by this one i think otherwise you know maybe you'll think it's boring but i liked it I thought it was great. I, I'm like really kind of blown away by how forward thinking this movie and the book was for its time. So the one thing I couldn't get kind of past is like the little onks. Oh, that's actually there is there was some trivia on that, and they were kind of like expressing why it's in there and stuff. But like, you really gonna try to murder somebody with a fucking a pushpin? Like it was a small. I'm sorry. Let, let me ahead. ask you this, Patrick. If you had been killing every single day. For hundreds of years, would it really take you that much to kill somebody? Probably not. Thank you. So a little fucking onk with a knife in it is more than enough to fucking kill somebody and suck their blood out fast enough that you can live. But, I mean, if you're a vampire with that kind of strength, just fucking snap the fucking neck and fucking go to town. Whatever. Maybe they have more class, you know? They wanted to treat them like so they weren't in any pain. You know, maybe they had a they they cared enough, you know, because they were once alive. At least well, if he you was. cared enough, to snap their fucking neck and it'd be over like that, right? Yeah, but maybe the blood doesn't taste the same. I don't know. I don't know either. It's just a classy little touch that the writer put in there. You know what I mean? Whatever. It didn't bother me. I don't know why, but okay. So since we're well, past, well, well, we're not we're not into the spoilers yet. So, okay. So before you get into that. Anyway, so now we do want to get into some of our trivia and our spoilers, and we'll talk about that kind of briefly since we kind of went heavy on the fucking uh, masturbatorial fucking review that I just gave. Yeah, Alex always does that. I mean, I just, I, you know, I, I wax poetic about it because this is a very artistic film, and it kind of moved me in some ways that I wasn't expecting. And immediately, right off the bat, I've never, you know, there are some movies that will get me right off the bat that I really like. This didn't lose me as it went on. 
Like, I was just like, wow, this is really different. <laughs> and I just kept thinking, like, holy shit, this is not Top Gun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is not The Last Boy Scout, which I love, by the way. That's one of my favorite fucking Bruce Willis movies. Oh, let's do the jig Buddy right Comedies now. is one of the best buddy comedies, by the way, other than the one with Samuel L. Jackson, which I also like a lot. Are you forgetting Lethal Weapon? Which is the best buddy comedy. Right, but I'm just saying it's one of the better ones that Bruce Willis did. That's all right. I know. Anyway, so here's some of our trivia. If you don't want anything spoiled, you can actually watch The Hunger on rent right now. Uh, it is like three bucks for rent on any of your digital services. There's, I tried looking anywhere else for it. If you find it, you find it. If not, it's worth the three bucks, in my opinion. Uh, unlike, unlike Near Dark. Right, which well, I have some information about that, too. Um but if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So this movie was shot mostly in the UK and London. And they just the exterior shots in like New York. So the majority of the lion's share of all of it was in London. They did all of that there. This movie, when it came out, by the way, divided a lot of people. Right. So it's understandable that me and you do not agree 100% on this. When it came out because of its pacing, a lot of people felt that it was spotty. They all pretty much said that it was, like, really great atmosphere, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. Some said it was too violent to be a classic. Even David Bowie was worried that it was too violent. I don't think it was violent enough. There was that one scene in the very beginning where the monkey gets its head bit open. Right. Which you see for, like, a half a second, but it's pretty fucking violent. <laughs> it almost reminded me of, like... Uh... The Nine Inch Nails video where you see the fox decaying. Right. Christina said the same thing. She was like, what was that uh, What was that David Bowie video? And I was like, that's not David Bowie, honey. That's the fucking Downward Spiral from fucking Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> I was like, I was at that show, and I know what it was like. Well, it... to be fair to Christina, they did tour together. At the, together at that time. I didn't see David Bowie with him live when they did the first tour. I was at the first Downward Spiral tour, and he was not there. They went on another tour together when they did He is an American. Oh, oh Johnny they, is American. Actually, they went on tour, I think, when the movie, um, it was years later when they- Natural Born Killers? No, not Natural Born Killers. It was um, a David Lynch film. Um, Lost Highway. Lost Highway. Okay. That's when they went on tour together. No shit. Yeah. I'm fairly positive that because- or they at least did something together around that time because that was all like put together by Trent Reznor and David Bowie did some stuff on there in the very beginning of that movie, which I love Lost Highway. It's one of my favorite David Lynch films other than Wild at Heart. Everybody loves Blue Velvet and fucking uh, the... I like Isle of Dr. Moreau, dude, but a lot of people don't like Wait, that. Wait, Island though. of Dr. Moreau? That is not a David Lynch movie. Is it not? No. Why did I think That was it actually a... Richard Stanley. That's okay. who I was talking about. Okay. Richard Stanley originally directed that, and somebody else filled in. Can't think of it. Anyway. But, yeah, it divided a lot of people. Some said it was too violent to be classic, including David Bowie, which I mentioned, which to me, honestly, I think is dumb because I don't think it's that violent. No. On Rotten Tomatoes, though, it has a critic score of 55%, with 10,000 people in the audience score giving it a 66%. So you're kind of on point with the general public there, but this is a cult favorite for some people. So, which means that when you hit cult status, that means that people love it and other people hate it. So 66 sounds about right. Yeah. Like I said, I don't hate it, but I had thing, a lot of things going on. I didn't around say you me. hated it. I'm just saying that like. Right. I'm just saying 
like you're said, somewhere in the middle, obviously, because I'm you definitely said, in the middle. But yeah. it makes me want to go back and revisit it now because you know I'm, I had a lot of distractions going on. And I'm waxing it. You waxing it. <laughs> you waxing it, dog. Anyway, so on uh, the 23rd of September 2009, Bro- Warner Brothers has announced that it planned a remake of the film, which the screenplay was written by Whitley Stryber, the original novelist. Uh, but after years of silence, they finally shared some news about the remake in 2021, just this year, with a new screenplay by Jessica Charzar, Charzer, and it's being produced by Bragg Bertolanti, Sarah Schechter, and Mike McGrath. So I guess it's coming out soon, guys. Like, and I'd be shocked if it's as good as this one, honestly. Like, if Robert Eggers maybe did it, maybe. Right. I'd be into it. I'd actually be really excited for that if the director of The Witch and the Lighthouse did this because it would make kind of sense because it is kind of in his wheelhouse a little bit. Um, There was a TV series that they had for this movie or this the book, I guess, probably in the late 90s with David Bowie in it as well. He played the host, which ran for around three years. And the series first broadcasted 14 years after this movie. So it utilized the same title and vampire lore, but had no plot or character connections with this film. David Bowie actually learned also to play cello in this movie just for that one scene. I was going to say, he doesn't play a lot of cello. But he did a good job. Oh, yeah. It seemed legit, and it was. That legitimately was, he learned to play that part. And the, dude... The the makeup they did in this film for, for aging David oh, Bowie. Oh yeah, that's God, right. that was so good. Yeah, they really that should have gotten awards for yeah. that if it didn't already. And I I, I should have looked that up because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, holy shit! Anne Magnuson, who plays the disco girl, picked up by Catherine de Nueve and David Bowie in the beginning of the movie. Ironically, was a club musician herself. She was in an indie band called Vulcan Death Grip. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I I was supposed to look at him up earlier, but I was just running around with my head cut off. Also, Miriam Blaylock, the main chick that um, the vampire Catherine. Right. Catherine uh, de Nueve. Catherine was literally she was a French vampire in America. And they reference innocent blood in that. Oh, so the the when I when I said that I really want when I wrote that down about innocent blood, there is that connection. So that's probably why uh-huh. subconsciously it has kind of the same air about it. You know what I mean? Like that Connect I want to see fucking it. dots. It's weird how that works in this fucking yeah. podcasting, dude. There's so many coincidences. We're pretty much just going to go over some of the trivia in this one because there is so much. And we'll talk about a couple of our favorite scenes and why we like them because I I know this is going overboard, guys. You know, it's funny, though, when I was watching this film, I was like, thank God I'm not doing the notes for this because it seems like a a movie that would be a treasure trove of fucking. Thanks for that. Hey, you said. Instead of saying it the appropriate way of which is. Wow, I'm really glad that you did this and you're doing a great job of it because there's a lot of notes on it. Thank you for doing it. You chose the other path, which was, I'm so glad I didn't have to do it. <laughs> hey, I'm here. Yeah, you're welcome. 
Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, all right. <laughs> so there was a there was a uh, documentary called The Celluloid Closet from 1995, which was about the history of homosexuality in film. And actress Susan Sarandon, who was a very progressive uh, speaking individual who has always been, and she and this is how spot on she is about her opinions of things, even back in the 80s and everything like that. She said that the screenplay for The Hunger originally called for her to be demonstrably fucking drunk in the lead up to her sex scene with Catherine or Miriam. But Sarandon asked for her to change that whole thing so that she only took literally one sip from the glass. That she was almost entranced just by her presence. No, she wasn't entranced. She wanted to fuck her. Uh, well, it just seemed like she charmed her. Well, she said no. She said she wanted to make it clear that her character was choosing to have sex with Miriam instead of some sort of thing making her do it, wow. including alcohol. You wouldn't have to get drunk, she said, to be to bed Catherine de Nueve anyway. I don't care what sexual history to that point you would have been. <laughs> That's what she said. And they'd actually, um, I think she'd been in many other sex scenes. Good for her, man. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Like in 83, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, granted, you know, 80s was like a very big thing. It Which was a, this was, this was, was a very year that big I was movement. born, by the way. It was 83. Oh, okay. It was, the 80s were a big movement for the... the you know, the queer community to come out Mm. and be able to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do without too much. But it also became kind of like a debutante thing and it wasn't for the lower class. And you know what I mean? So there were still pockets of that in suburbia where they were just shitting on fucking people. I still, I remember that time how they had to walk on eggshells like Ellen DeGeneres. But it was in in films and everything, but that just goes to show you that just because it's in films and just because it's out in the open doesn't mean that they're living some sort of like natural lifestyle. And even then in 83, Susan Sarandon knew that she needed to make it sure that people knew she was choosing to do this, mm. that it wasn't alcohol because she wanted to make it stand out for the movie because it was a, a, a lesbian scene. Right. So I thought that was really cool. Um, she also, there was an interview with the Daily Beast in late July uh, of 2014 where Susan Sarandon revealed that she had an affair with David Bowie while the two were working on this film. Oh, no shit. Yep. You know, David Bowie actually still he slept with uh, Trent Reznor as well. Oh, I mean he's bisexual, so I mean that yeah, would, he was open to pretty much anything. He was probably pansexual, like who knows? Yeah, I would say he pansexual seems so open-minded that he probably was like whatever, you know. Right. I'd probably fucked him too if he fucking came over, you know, like whatever. <laughs> it's it's David fucking Bowie. David Bowie, man. Like you're gonna give me shit for this? I mean, I was prepped for this since the labyrinth. <laughs> Well, you got a you got a goblin in there. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We're getting out of control now, dude. Hey, anyway. have another shout out, Shambu. <laughs> also, another really interesting thing. This wasn't the only love spat that happened on the film set. There was a cameraman by the name of Hugh Johnson who became involved with Catherine De Nueve while making the film, and they lived together for about two years. So they were really into each other, which, by the way, David Bowie also said that she he got along great with Susan Sarandon. So it's not surprising that they fucking hooked up. Oh, A lot shit. of love on this film, baby. Which I is, mean, it really is very a romantic vampire which film. Which is so weird because I'm not into that kind of shit, to be honest with you. I can appreciate it from a distance, but this one kind of changed me. Would this put this, like, would this be, like, top tier vampire film for you? 
It is because it's so different. The okay. story is so different. I loved how it ended. I loved how, you know, like it came back to bite her, <laughs> pun intended. Right. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> it just it just is like the whole story is really interesting. So, th- the whole fact that they threw in a fucking scientist who's studying fucking rapid growth development of monkeys and shit like that while fucking David Bowie is growing old and you're trying to figure out why they're mad at each other and why they're falling apart and why she's so disconnected and moving on from him so quickly is because she's dealt with this like fucking 10 times before. More than <clears> 10 <throat> times probably. And she doesn't tell any of them that they're fucking dying, you right. know, that they're going to die. She tells them all that they're going Going to live forever so just for a base scale from for for me so let's say okay top of scale we're gonna say hunger i don't i don't know about top of the scale i gave it an 8.5 for a reason you know i mean top would be 10 right right like, so, so what's your t- like, so- i don't know i don't know because i'm not i'm not a fan of vampires so for me to wax like about like See, I'm on what the, the best vampire movie is. I can't. I'd have to really sit and think See, about it. See, I'm that. on the opposite side of that spectrum because I love vampires. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a yeah, vampire. Yeah, I loved Dust Till Dawn. When, that was my favorite vampire movie when I was younger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I had never seen anything like that, but that's not a serious film. Interview was always my favorite. Innocent vampire. Blood, I liked a lot as a kid, too. Yeah. That was, you know, I watched that on like Cinemax or HBO all the time, and I loved that movie. And that's very much like this. And that's mm. might be why, you know, like I'm having these feelings mm-hmm. is why I want to see this again is because they're very, very similar in some ways. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. Last bit of trivia before we uh, switch off. Tony Scott cited the photography of Irving Penn, which was a he said it was a major influence on the visual style of the film, who he was an American photographer known for his fashion photography, portraits and still lifes. He did work for like Vogue magazine, independent uh, advertising. He did work for clients, including Izzy Miyake and Clinique. His work has been exhibited internationally and continues to inform the art of photography. So what a fucking inspiration. Jesus Christ. I can totally see it in this film, you know, the way that, that, that this was shot. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's enough for this movie. Um, I really liked it a lot. I hope you guys check it out and like it too. Maybe you don't, but that's the wonderful thing about fucking movies. We all don't like everything. We all have something special that has affected us because we've seen some movies beforehand or not, or seen some movies afterwards or not. You right. know, it's just a mixed bag of like things that we've seen or not seen. And maybe there was a movie that inspired this and made it look a certain way mm. that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, and. Don't judge something right off the bat. Like, like, like I said, like listening to Alex talk about this film made me think that I missed some key parts of this film that maybe would have made more sense to me. I'd next time put the kid in the closet. Yeah, but make sure <laughs> he listens to this twenty years but, later. But regardless, it 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 is well shot. And it's it sure. well pieced together, and the acting is phenomenal. Yeah, it's interesting to see what people think about this one. I expect a lot of people to say they didn't didn't like it. That's fine with me. I don't mind. Yeah. Anyway, so we do have another movie that Patrick picked. And what is that, Patrick? So next we're going to be talking about Near Dark. It came out in 1987, June 18th. Mm. So uh, box office made about $3.4 million. Uh, Really? They had a budget of $5 million, $3.4 million at the box office. So... So it was kind of an independent feature. The basic story about this, let's just get down to it. It's a it's a small town farmer's son reluctantly joins a group of vampires that after he was bitten 
by a lovely young drifter. Um, the director is Catherine Bigelow. Some of the films that she's directed is Strange Days, mm. Detroit, Zero Dark Thirty, and Hurt Locker. Crazy how these these people are writing vampire movies. Right. Um, it was also produced by... Uh, Steve- they're, more, they're directing him anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it was written by Eric Red, who has done... It was also written by the the director of this film, Catherine Bigelow. But Eric Red has done movies such as Body Parts, Bad Moon, The Hitcher. Dude, Body Parts I haven't seen in forever. I don't think I've ever seen it, actually. Bad Moon? I remember that, too. So as far as cast, we have Adrian Pastar, who uh, was in one of my favorite superhero TV series, which is Heroes. They may, it may have not ended the way you wanted it to, but it was a hell of a journey like Lost. Uh, he also was in Top Gun, Carlitos. Oh, Blade. he was the fucking president. Yeah. That's right. Holy shit. I didn't realize that was him. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, wounded and made in the USA. And uh, he played Caleb. Who? In the film. Caleb. Yeah. Okay. And then we have Jenny Wright, who played May in this film. Who I was highly attracted to when I was oh, a kid. Oh, dude. She, I mean, she doesn't look that hot now. But back uh, then, she was a... I have no comment. Smoking. <laughs> I just like short hair. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't know what it is about short hair, man, but it fucking drives me nuts. Oh, man. And if I was a kid back then, I would have been like, that would have been my girlfriend. You know, like, <laughs> that would have been the love of my life when I was young, you know, because she had short hair. If you could land it. like man, Yeah, right. She Probably not. Smoking. Uh, so Jennifer Wright, who played May, also did films such as uh, I Madman. Lawnmower Man. Yes, she was the fucking neighbor lady. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, out that of bounds. That fucked the fucking... <laughs> <Cybo> Man. <laughs> oh. Out of Bounds, Young Guns 2, St. Elmo's Fire, The Wildlife. And we also have Lance Hendrickson, who played Jesse Hooker. And pretty much, I mean, any Aliens film, you get Aliens, Aliens 3, AVP. Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad. Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Uh... Close encounters. Of Everybody the third knows kind. who Lance Henriksen is. That's no fine. escape. I mean, he's great. We also have Jeanette Goldstein, who who played Diamondback, who was also in Aliens, right? And Terminator One and Two. Yeah, a lot of themes going on here, especially with the next person you're going to talk about. Right? Oh, who, who, you don't know who I'm talking about? Next. Bill Paxton. No, no, no. We say Bex for last, my friend. Why? And she he, she was also in a movie called Autopsy. Okay. And uh, Joshua John Miller, who plays Homer, he was in movies such as The Willies, Meet the Hollowheads, uh, and You Thought Your Parents Were Weird. And he wrote Final Girls. He wrote that? Yeah. Damn. Which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, that movie was Like, I really want to interview him, I think, because he was in a lot of 80s stuff, and at the time, being a child actor, it's so crazy. Mm. You know, like, he got he was in Death Warrant and shit, dude. <laughs> like, from Van Damme. Yeah. Like, he was just, like, in all these, like, weird movies and shit, but he wrote Final Girls, and I love that movie. It was a pretty good movie. Uh, and last but not least, you always save the best for last. All right, all right. Bill Paxton. Who plays Severin. Who plays Severin, exactly. Which I have a friend named Sev, and I'm pretty sure he named himself after that. <laughs> <laughs> but totally understandable because that character was very popular back in the day. People fucking put on one boot spur just because of fucking Seth. Like I said, if I was going to hang out with any vampire from any kind of vampire film, it'd be Hit Severin. Okay. He is amazing. I mean, Bill Paxton sells this movie. Oh, like, yeah. Honestly, but... 
he has the one-liners of pretty much anybody in this film. Like, the shit he said. Anyway, so, the other movies, if you don't know already, Bill oh Pike's has been really? we Predator 2, Aliens, Brain Dead, Terminator, Tombstone. Two. Terminator. Edge, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow, which I fucking love his character in Edge of Tomorrow. That's a good movie. I like that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Weird Science, who he plays the brother. Chet. Chet, yeah. Uh, a pothead. <laughs> <laughs> <Apollo. Pothead. laughs> Apollo 13. Stripes. Right, enough, enough. We get it. Commando. I can go on and on I and know, on. I know, but we got to hurry up. Bill Paxton's amazing. And you know who he is. Everybody knows who Everybody he is. knows who Bill Paxton is, and I'm going to take a shot right now in Bill Paxton's honor. <laughs> and while I'm taking this shot, Alex, what did you think about this film? Well, this is a movie that definitely deserves more attention than it ever got. It's weird that this movie kind of fell under the radar of a lot of people's lists, but it's also not weird because... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on real quick. Do you want to take a shot in his honor as well? Oh, my God. Fine. Come on, it's for Bill Paxton. Come on, dog. Hurry up. <laughs> all right, that's enough. Oh, oh shit. You got to pour all of it all over my fucking hand. Oh, sorry. I flipped. Cheers. <laughs> Salute, my friend. We love you, Bill Bags. Anyway, as I was saying, this is definitely a movie that deserves more attention than it ever got or gets. My father, growing up, told me that this was the better movie than Lost Boys. Which they were released. Yeah, same time. And and there's even some family members that were in this movie and that movie. No shit. Yeah, so I'll get into that later. But both, of course, had their hands tied in a love story and both have their share in style and blood. Only one's in Santa Monica, so California vampires, and the other is Texas vampires, so pick your poison. I'll let you know mine at the end. I, of course, enjoyed this film. This is a very enjoyable film, mostly because of Bill Paxton, and mostly because I was fucking pretty goo-goo for that girl uh, when I was a kid. And seeing her again kind of made me remember this shit, you know? Like, I was like, oh, yeah, you know? Um, And if you've ever seen some kind of wonderful... I think it was that was called some kind of wonderful with Eric Stoltz in it, where his he falls he's trying to fall in love with the like popular girl, but the the best friend is like this short hair girl who like is like punk rock and like like likes him, but he doesn't realize like that girl. She was also in the Legend of Billie Jean or whatever. That those two girls or like the short hair. That's like where my interest in fucking like short hair comes from. <laughs> is these two fucking these two fucking women? Anyway. Um, I, of course, enjoyed this film. I remember when I was little about this movie quite a bit because my father always tried to push it on me. But this is the grittier, more Texas-flavored vampire movie, honestly. Before other movies did it in Texas vampire style, like fucking Dust Till Dawn or Dust Till Dawn 2 and 3. This definitely had that spaghetti western feel to it. Very much so. In fact, it was actually considered to be... A Western. They wanted to make a Western, but they weren't popular at the time. Mm. So they decided to add vampires to make it so. So good observation, Patrick. But I think it's fun, funny, and a little over the top. There, It gets a little progressively wilder by the end. So it kind of like goes forward a little too much, I think. Goes, they could have pulled some parts yeah, back like a they little bit. They could have taken their time writing it a little bit better, yeah. I think, in some regards. It, it definitely felt rushed in some scenes where, like, definitely Bill Paxton's death scene was like, you could have wrote that That's what I'm talking about. There was, there was, it was cool, but it was also not because 
like the way he meets his end or whatever. Spoiler alert. Sorry, it's minor spoiler alert, really. I mean, they're vampires, whatever. But his performance in this movie is just stellar. Like, this is one that you would, this is a performance that you would only get to see from early Bill Paxton. Yeah. Which he did not do in his later career. He tried to take it a little too seriously, I think, later on. But man, it's like a stark difference. You know, that I think that's why I liked his role in Edge of Tomorrow. It felt like old Bill Paxton. Right, where he's just kind of letting loose. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is a good film, but honestly, it's not my favorite. It's still a fun movie that I, you know, should be seen more by many more people because I think they would enjoy it just as much as many other of these fucking vampire films and and at least find maybe a hidden gem that they didn't know maybe existed as much. Um I always thought how they dealt with the sunlight in this movie was fucking cool as fuck and how they're driving around in it. But they have these like thin little like holes that they could see. Out right. Of. And they carry they always carry around tinfoil and black spray paint. To, right. Like, black out the windows. Plus, it's got that whole punk redneck sort of vampire thing going forward, which like Paxton does an amazing job of that in particular. He literally personifies that entire sentence. Dude, when he when he's, he's going out for blood that one night and he's hitchhiking and he gets those two chicks to pick him up. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's stupid. But yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're vampires, so you expect that kind of yeah. thing anyway. But so, I mean, this movie does deliver for me, but probably more, I think, for others than my particular taste a little bit. I still respect the shit out of it. I still want to fucking own it. And so while it delivers for me, I'd still say it gets about a 7.5 out of out of 10. Maybe an 8. Yeah, for me, I'm going to say 8. Solid 8. Like, I think it is, but I mean, I think time has not been the most favorable to this. Uh, and I haven't seen it since I was in my teens. Mm. So it has been a long Same time. Same here. And that's why I, I was like, you know what? I've been, I don't know what drew me to it, but like it... Something did, and I was like, I need to watch it. Sure. No, I've been meaning to for the longest time. Right. And honestly, a 7.5 or an 8 is not a bad score. Like, I get people that get mad at me that I give it a, a movie a 7.5, and I'm like, you do realize that's like one-fourth good, right? Like, that's that's like the top 25 percentile, like, of a fucking movie, like, of all fucking movies. Like, that's you need a- to give it a 10. Like, I mean, if it's a 10, that's a 10 for you. And I'm fucking happy for you. Like, I I enjoyed it. So it's just in comparison to something like The Lost Boys or what I saw in The Hunger, which is a completely different type of story, by the way. So it's not really comparable. I just enjoyed The Hunger a little bit more. Yeah, and-, and I do like the Lost Boys a little bit more because Kiefer Sutherland was so fucking iconic in that movie. I think he outperformed everybody in this movie, despite Bill Paxton, who I still love in this movie. But let's be honest, I honestly think he carried this film over the finish line more than than it probably. I, you, you know what I mean, right? I agree, but since my love for Bill Paxton is so much more in Keith and Sutherland that like this the, the way that he portrayed this character I wanted to hang out with that dude like I, I want him in my life well in 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 to, to say the least I mean I you know whether I believed that May and Caleb were in love in this movie is irregardless these are those types of movies because both the lost boys in this have this weird oh I'm in love with you all of a sudden yeah. kind of fucking yeah, films yeah, yeah. um this movie doesn't mention that they're vampires either so you got to give it respect for that which is pretty great. 
It's an action-packed, slick, punk, rock, Texas, vampire movie with a love story. Take that for what you will. I think a lot of people love it, though, so it behoove you to check it out first and see for yourself. 7.5 is on the line of whether it'd be great for you or just okay, like, you know. So I don't think that's bad. No. You know, following Alex after a review is like, I don't know. Better podcast up, dude. It's like trying to follow. (laughs) It's like trying to, like, Come on, after Zeppelin just fucking played. Oh, the whatever! Give me a break, dude. I I've just been doing it a lot longer. You haven't been doing it like as much as I have. I I just feel so dwarfed by Alex sometimes. Whatever. He's very articulate. You guys are very lucky that he's doing this oh for you guys. Oh my god, dude! I'm not giving you a blowjob, just so you know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I respect what you do. Well, thanks. I appreciate it, but it's awkward for me because I don't really think of myself that way. Get the yeah, fuck out yeah, of my let's house. Let's get weird, dog. Let's get weird. <laughs> He's drunk. That's what I is am, happening. I am pretty drunk. <laughs> but besides the point, Alex does try his best for you guys. So give him respect. <laughs> Put some respect on his have another, name. Have another drink, Patrick. Have yeah, you know what? <laughs> don't. Don't drink it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're not even going to be able to finish your thoughts after this. We do have some trivia, though. Oh, you Okay. And uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, of course, and you've never seen this movie, wait, wait, we didn't even talk about oh. our favorite scenes. What was your favorite scene? We're we're not even there yet. Oh, oh we're gonna that's trivia in the spoiler first. section, dude. Uh, okay, I'm I'm lost. <laughs> also, if you guys want to watch this movie right now, it's very hard to find. We had to, we had to like fucking sequester a fucking copy. It was it was actually yeah. pretty difficult. But good news for you guys in July. I hear that Shudder is going to be bringing it back to their service, so you will be able to watch it there. Thank you, Shudder, for bringing it back out. Plus, I heard rumor that there will be, and thank you for Christina for sharing that bit of information you just heard, by the way. She literally gave it to me today. Also, I heard rumor mill, take this as, you know, the grain of salt. Right. There is a 4K possibly being made of this movie that will be coming out from one of the film distributors. It could be like Scream Factory. It could be anything. There is a Blu-ray and DVD out there floating around. In German? Is it in German? I think so. Like, it's it's really hard to find. Anything that you find is like... It's really tough. So I, I tried to find it. Like, I tried to find the best copy I could. I was willing to buy it. I couldn't find it anywhere, so I had to ask someone to borrow it, and that's how I got to see it. So Yeah, my friend Dakota hooked me up. So thank you, Dakota. It's much appreciated. But yeah, so if you guys want to check it out, keep your eye out for Shutter. They'll have it on there next month. That's the word on the street, and hopefully a 4K in the future. Rumor mill. We'll see. If you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So some of the trivia for this movie, the scene where Caleb, the main star, leaves to go back home after the vamps. He passes a theater. Did you see this part? I must have seen this part. Did but you catch what movie was playing at that fucking? I didn't. On is, the this like, is this like the whole, like, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Critters, where they had something playing okay. on the movie theater that's kind of like linked. All right. So approximately at 21 minutes and 13 seconds of the movie... They have the marquee showing aliens. Oh, the connection. I see it. Which, of course, is very significant because Jeanette Goldstein, mm-hmm. who plays Diamond and Bill Paxton, who plays Severin, and, of course, Lance Henriksen, who plays Jesse, were in that film. Future husband James Cameron suggested, so to the director of this movie, Bigelow, suggested that she use the ready-made ensemble cast from his recent hit, Aliens 1986. And Michael Bain had also appeared in Aliens and was considered to do the part of Jesse, 
but declined. Actually, I think he might have done Caleb and or Jesse. And didn't one of the writers, Eric Red, like also write for Terminator or Alien? Yeah, there's a lot of connections here because we got Bill Paxton who was in Terminator and there's other people and stuff, but we'll get there. During the filming, the cast and crew had to deal with a train that would stop at the same intersection every night. And one night, Bill Paxton in full makeup where his face is like burned half off. Like, you know, <laughs> when he's on when the he's semi, on, when he's on top of the semi, <laughs> he saw one of the train workers leave the diesel engine and went up to him saying, hey, man, there's like been an accident. And I think and if you think I'm bad, wait till you see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill. Uh, the writer and director for both. Both were intent on making a Western. This is the part I was telling you about but realized that the interest in the Western genre at the time had almost been non-existent, so it was recommended that they mix genres. And since horror genre was in vogue at the time, they decided to make a Western vampire film. And that's why we have this film. And what happens when you mix genres? It's a winning combination. A lot of times. The writer and director did a good job, I think. Uh, the writers and directors did a good job, I think. While shooting in the... Well, one of the writers is a director, so... While shooting in the desert, Lance Henriksen also relieved the boredom between takes by hopping in his car and taking short drives through the desert, still in costume, by the way, and often staying in character. According to Henriksen and Bill Paxton, the two were stopped by a policeman who became son so unnerved questioning Jesse about his speeding that the officer became visibly uncomfortable, stepping back and placing his hand on his firearm. They uh, they obviously flustered the the police officer and decide he decided to send them on their way instead of giving him a ticket because he was so caught off guard. I thought that was pretty cool. It shows you that Bill and and fucking Lance were fucking hanging out like yeah they were like gangbusters together. You know what I mean? P two peas in a pod, <laughs> finger licking good. <laughs> But the film uh, marked Catherine Bigelow's first solo directorial effort, and the film's producer, Edward S. Feldman, told her that if she couldn't handle it or didn't know what she was doing while filming after five days, she would be replaced. And she kept the job. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, like I said. I'm, I'm sure it's because of the times. You know what I mean? It's in my top five. They're like, you're a woman. What are you doing filmmaking? You know? Also, according to Lance Henriksen, he prepared for his role of Jesse by coming up with a background for his character and acting it out because he didn't have one. So that whole scene where he's telling the story about him being a Confederate in the Navy and that they lost, that was his own idea. Really? Yeah. He said that he became a, you know, he wanted to become that vampire and Henriksen painted his hair black with tar. This is the backstory, by the way since that was an actual thing that Seaman did in the 1800s, and he then added broken fake f nails to his fingers to make it look like extensions of his finger bones and went to town at night like that while in character, and he managed to scare a waitress in Denny's and a hitchhiker twice his size that he picked up on the side of the road one night. <laughs> Hitchhiker, the hitchhiker quickly asked to leave the car as soon as they drove up to the first inhabited area. So Henriksen, without revealing that he was just an actor messing with the guy, gave the man an $80, $80 he had on him for being a good sport. And Henriksen always jokingly adds that he was lucky since the, 
the hitchhiker could have easily overpowered him in a fight and make him cry like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that, dude. Like, him and Bill Paxton are fucking OGs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just fucking cool, man. Uh, Johnny Depp actually auditioned for the lead role of Caleb, by the way. Really? Yeah. Didn't get it. You know, I almost think the, it probably the film is better without. I, oh yeah, I don't yeah. think it would have been a good film with him. So it was a good call. Yeah. No offense, Johnny. We love you and a lot of other things, but you know, yeah. you did fear and loathing character for too many films. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> hey man, you live with a guy for a long time and you do acid with him. It might change a person. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the vampire mythology in the film is completely vague and it's done so deliberately it's never even actually seen if the cast reflections in are in the mirror or not like they avoid all of that in the movie uh, or if they're affected by holy objects roses garlic running water etc it's seen that they are extremely strong non-aging surviving on human blood cold to the touch destroyed by sunlight and fire but cannot be killed by most conventional methods so interesting unique film in its own right for sure in the bar scene, there's the patron in the bar, Robert Windley, who he gets his drink knocked over, you know what I'm talking right. about, who is killed by Severin, you know, after toying with him for a long while. I hate when they don't shave. Do you know what's funny is that that guy who he killed also played the lead cigar smoking biker in the bar that gets thrown on the fucking grill. In Terminator. In Terminator. Yeah. Two, part two, Judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judgment. Is that, am I thinking, no, I'm thinking of the first one. Or is that the second one? It wasn't the, th I always get confused because they have similar intros. It, it was the second one. It was the second one, yeah. Yeah. Bill Paxton, of course, has a role as a punk in clothes stealing uh, scene in Terminator 1984, by the way. So Judgment Day 1991 is where that guy, the cigar smoking guy, you know. And, and, and I'm sorry, a little off topic. But Terminator 2 is better than Terminator. Well, and, and that's why... Hands the, down. Well, yeah, but that's everybody's opinion. By the way, James Cameron was married to Catherine Bigelow at the time. That's why he was on set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Booyah in your face. Booyah! Also, both of the two 1987 movies about a family of attracted vampires who lure a young man and make him into a half-vampire before he seeks a cure near dark... And Lost Boys, very similar stories, feature son of Jason Miller in their cast. Joshua John Miller is in Near Dark, and his half-brother, Jason Patrick, is in The Lost Boys. So that's what I was talking about. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah. They, and they were released in the same on the same, same weekend. It was just in the air, man. Vamps were in the air. Yep. And it, it's weird because the stories are very, very similar. Yeah. The, I would give it to Lost Boys because I love the Frog Brothers. When I was a kid, I loved that. That was the connecting tissue to that Lost Boys movie is that these kids were like the monster squad. You know what I mean? I always just felt some kind of kinship with like the, Bill Paxton. You know, I, I just love Bill so Paxton. So you like this one over Lost Boys? For Bill Paxton alone. Okay. Like you said, Bill Paxton did carry this film. He carried it over the finish line, but just not enough as as well as, for me, Lost Boys, I think, is the better film. I will say that Lost Boys probably did have a lot more practical effects that did really well. Oh, it did a lot in, in Near Dark. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but it just, overall, I just think Lost Boys is the better film. I think the edge for it's as arguable. far as practical effects go goes to Lost Boys. Well, it's definitely debatable either way. Right, but I... I Bill Paxton alone edges it for me. 
Okay. Why are you edge? Why? <laughs> I'm just like edging, dude. Yeah. I like to. I like to. I like to get Isn't to that, that point. sexual terminology? Or it something? is edging. Yeah. You get to that point and just kind of draw back. <laughs> I mean, I may be old, but I know a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I know this is chock full of fucking us like jerking off movies and shit. We're mostly drunk, so just give us a fucking break, okay? Like, I, I really enjoyed these movies, though. It was a good week. Um, I don't know. It's weird. You know, you never know what you're going to like. You never really know what's going to really fucking ring your bell. Um, what would you say are your favorite scenes in this movie? Mine is obviously the bar. That is the best. The bar scene is up there. But, I mean, there's so, like, Bill Paxton and his one-liners. Like, I love the scene, like, towards the end where uh, Caleb is riding his horse because they slashed his tires. And so the only option that he has is to ride his horse into town to look for his his sister, Sarah. And uh, he's riding through town, and Bill Paxton, Severin, spooks him, and the horse knocks him off. Uh, and he's yeah. all like... <laughs> apparently not. She's like, yeah, horses don't like me. He's like, apparently not. Right. And I think his, his exact words was like... Uh, wait, wait, let me see here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd sell him. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Wow, man. He's goo goo. Uh, I mean, I don't blame him. I get it because she was. And there's a couple like references to stuff that actually. Ha- I like when movies do this when they can make a connection to actual history that happened. Like, remember when they, they caused that fire? And it's like, this is. A- Remember that fire week in Chicago? In the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. From 1890. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they talk about that because they never actually solved the mystery of who... Who started that fire. Started that fire, and it was them they were alluding to in that movie. Yeah, mm. yeah it's interesting. I always like the bar scene. I think the bar scene is just where fucking Bill Paxton just gets to ride crazy. And even Lance Henriksen in that part is actually pretty fucking crazy too because he grabs the fucking waitress and he's like trying to scare her and you realize this is the scene where you realize that these are not such a great guys. Yeah. But also it's kind of like you're in that pressure fucking cabinet where you're like, "Oh fuck." Like he's got to make it or break it at this point too. So you're trying to fucking like identify with them in some weird way because you don't want to be fucking killed by them because you know that they're going to tear you apart Exactly. if you don't fucking play along. And so he feels the pressure, too. And it takes May dancing with that last lone guy who's in the corner, like, standing there the whole time, fucking watching everybody get killed and dismantled one by one. He even gets shot by the bartender, which is just a great scene altogether. He's like, oh, and he's like, right? Right? <laughs> fucking packs a wallop, doesn't it? <laughs> And then he's like, and then he's like, actually, he, he, the guy at the bar where that fucking Sev knocks over his drink and he's like, yeah, well, you're all right, man. You know what? Let's get him another shot, you know? And he's like, yeah, make him pay for it too, by the way. And then, and it's like, oh, like I thought he was going to pay for it. (laughs) And it's like, it's just those subtle little things that he says, right? Like, and I I think that's just Bill Paxton being Bill Paxton. Exactly. And then like the guy's like. He pulls fucking Caleb in front of him when he goes to punch him. He's like, look, I'm trying to teach him a lesson. He's like, go ahead and hit him harder. And so Caleb gets pissed off and uppercuts him like some fucking dragon fist or whatever the fuck. Harukan. And he fucking knocks him back and he's like, holy shit, did I do that? And then Bill Paxton's like, man, did I do that? You hear this motherfucker? 
And, and, and that's what's great is these one-liners, and, and some of them are so finger licking good, yeah, man. Right, they're just so sampleable. I love the part where fucking he's up against the guy at the jukebox, and the guy at the jukebox is like, "Hey, man, I don't want any problems." He's like, "You don't want any problems, man." And then the guy starts choking him out, trying to protect himself. Hey, oh yeah, and he and plays so, into it. He's like, yeah. Bill Paxton's like. <laughs> Pretending like he's getting choked by this guy, and then he starts laughing, and then he just fucking crushes his head. <laughs> he's talking about how he fucked his mom the other night, right? Like oh. it's just that's a that's a really it's a crazy fucking Bill Paxton role. It's definitely a movie like what we were saying about last week. How you, I would want to sample certain things from this film, mm. and one of them is uh, May at one point when she's talking to Caleb, and she said, um, "The night has its price." Right. And it's just such a fucking, one of those lines, that, like, oh. Was, well, I was thinking about when she said that, too. I was like, well, yeah, if the night has a price. You're fucking a vampire, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, But wouldn't any everything? You still have to sleep. You still have to eat. So, I mean, like, what are you going to eat? <laughs> right. He's just so good-natured. He just won't only feed off of her fucking blood the whole fucking movie, which, oh, you dude. know. And the, can we talk about the very end, like where? Wait, hold on. Before we go to the end, one more, one more thing I wanted to just add. Uh, another one of my favorite lines, and it's kind of stupid, was when Caleb was trying to buy a bus ticket back home. <laughs> oh, and, and that guy the, and the cop, the cop from fucking uh, the Frighteners, by the way, right? Yeah. And he was like, "You go home. You be a good boy. Yeah. You get home and be a good boy." <laughs> just yeah. the way he delivered that line, I want to sample that. Dude, if I can, that's the Frighteners fucking Sheriff, mm. which I love that movie because fucking, that's, that's probably, like, I know that like, like that movie's not, it's it's good, it's a, it's a Peter Jackson film, first of all. Right, it, it's one of those, it's like, it's like a cult classic. It's cool, it's right. different, it's very different mm-hmm. than anything that you've ever seen. Like, if you've never any, there's, is there any movie like it? No, definitely not. Right, and not only that, like, fucking uh, Jeffrey Combs in that movie even despite that he only has like very little roles and I've seen him in fucking obviously fucking reanimator and fucking from beyond and all these other fucking horror movies that I love him in. But I really think that he was just very dialed into the frighteners. Mm. My body is a roadmap of pain. (laughs) And he's like scared of women. It's such a, he like, Oh, dude, he nails that fucking role, man. Was he in, in Shocker, too? I don't know if he was in Shocker. I don't remember him in Shocker, dude. What part did he play in Shocker? I don't know. Anyway. Anyways, yeah. We're way off topic anyway. Let's talk about sort of the end. There was a really cool scene where, you know, they're having a shootout at the fucking hotel and fucking... Caleb decides that, you know, he put him in this situation. He feels bad, so he tries to get him out of the situation because he doesn't want him to die. Well, because he left... he let the guy go right he didn't kill the guy that he was supposed to kill and they came back to bite them (laughs) pun intended and uh they shoot up the place and fucking he runs outside gets shot a bunch of times in the sunlight gets in the fucking vehicle the van and slams into the side of the fucking hotel and then they get in and then it buys him some time and everything like that and that's when you see fucking uh homer go out to get a soda or just walk around and he wants to see the sun come up he said and then he sees like sarah who is caleb's sister because caleb and his dad and his sister are out on the fucking town looking for him because he disappeared just suddenly overnight and got taken by some people and he his dad's looking for him and uh 
I thought that was kind of an interesting dynamic in this movie that Homer is looking for somebody because Homer is like this like 10 to 13 year old kid who got turned into a vampire way too early and he's been alive for hundreds of years. He's the oldest of the bunch. Right. And it's like, oh, he is. He is. And it's like, he doesn't have anybody that he can be a companion with and it's kind of weird because like. Yeah, even Hooker called him old man. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so it's a kind of an interesting dynamic that he just wants to find companionship, and that's his main goal in the movie. And that plays tribute towards the end when they steal Sarah from fucking. Well, before I get there, let's talk about the scene with Bill Paxton where he's slamming his fists into the fucking hood of the fucking semi truck <laughs> yeah. because fucking Caleb's like on the road trying to save his sister and. Some fucking truck pulls up and he's like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, oh, give me get the fuck out of here. You get the fuck out of here. And Jesse shoots him in the head. Right. And then fucking Bill Paxton's up on the fucking hood, slamming his fists into the fucking engine, pulling out parts. So he jackknifes it, which he learned earlier. Oh, that's right. Remember when he had to to have a kill for him to become part of this vampire clan that he needed to produce a kill. And he couldn't do that. Right. But he had hitchhike with a, a a truck driver, and he was kind of teaching him the ropes and how to drive a truck. That's right. Yeah, because he was supposed to eat him, but then she ate him, and right. he drank her blood or whatever. But yeah, that was with the part where, but where Bill Paxton's punching his fist into the hood, which is as cool as it is when you think about it. And when I say it out loud, it didn't really perform well on the screen. It didn't. It, it kind of was very lackluster. Um, Especially it is, it is some... the cover of the movie, by the right. way, which they had the perfect lighting and all this other stuff because it was all inside, like on a black screen behind them to make it look like they were moving, even though they weren't, because obviously Bill Paxton can't punch the middle of a fucking engine because he's not a vampire and he's actually just an actor. And he's, <laughs> you know, you, you get magic of movies, right? Anyway. Right. For, but for her how legendary he played this character his death scene was less than that the explosion happened too soon they should have cut it they cut it cut it better i feel like they could have cut it better i think they they could have just got rid of that scene altogether and thought of something better for him yeah slammed him up against a wall and then blown it up something because it it just felt like it was rushed it didn't just didn't feel right it It felt like sloppy yes it did um but then you know later on they steal sarah Caleb's sister from her dad. And then Caleb goes to get his sister back. On horseback. On horseback. And then he gets scared off. That's how he knows where they are because the horse is scared of vampires. And they played that, that they played into that from the beginning of the movie, which yeah. is totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, and then he finds them and then he gets his sister and then he get, they steal her back and they take her in the car and drive off in the sun. And they're driving in the sun, by the way. And May has a second thoughts and decides to grab her and roll out the back window, which, by the way, if that really happened and she just jumped out of a moving car like that, the little girl's legs would be snapped in half. <laughs> like fucking chopsticks. She'd be Raggedy Ann. Sarah Raggedy Ann doll. And her arms and legs would be snapped. Uh, but she survives it miraculously because of movie magic. And Maze of Vampire, I guess. That's how you write it off, I guess. Which is a little sloppy. But whatever. You know, movie magic. That was the 80s. Yeah, whatever. Everybody was high on coke. We don't know. <laughs> Especially May, <laughs> throwing a fucking child out a window and rolling on the ground at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> but you see her legs slap the ground really hard, too, which is kind of funny. Anyway, 
So she gets out and then she goes running. And then, of course, Homer goes falling out the car door to chase after Sarah because that's his companion that he wants to make into a vampire. And uh, he runs after her and starts catching fire because he's not covering himself while May and the child are running towards Caleb in front of him and are not on fire but are smoking. They're just covered better. And Homer turns into a big ball of flame, a hunk of hunk of ball of flame, and... Uh, pops into an explosion which was where we got the flaming over from um and that's kind of tragic because in a way like you kind of feel bad for him a little bit i almost feel like they should have played more into the homer character they kind of just right. like they could have i think they could have there was definitely more uh context there right they just kind of scraped the surface of but who you know homer it was. was an action film they only had so much time yeah and they already had so much going on with caleb and may it could have easily been a two-hour film but i just thought his character was a little bit more dynamic and i love jesse mm-hmm. in it but Jesse just kind of is Jesse, and Diamond is just kind of Diamond. But fucking, you kind of Ho- know what Homer is very more is much more complex, right? And if he's older, that plays into it even more. So I'm like more curious about him. When you see Diamondback, you kind of know her character already from the other films that you've seen her in. You're right, like, I know what I'm getting from Let's this character. Let's go right. from Aliens. <laughs> Let's rock. That's I didn't know is. that they let. Women- Which, by the way, in Army of Dead. Army of the Dead, they have a character that plays like the diamond type character. Oh, yeah. Or the fucking uh, chick from, well, she play, her character that she played in the Isn't Aliens. Isn't it Diaz in uh, yeah. Aliens? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I, I didn't remember. know they let women into the military. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like a, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. But, but the thing I was going to say is is that at the end, they were going to have Sarah, the, the sister of Caleb, her hand starts smoking so that like they explain that she got bit at some point in time, but they decided against it. Well, they kind of made the vampire virus so easily curable in this film. That it, all you needed was a blood transfusion. Well, that's what, yeah, well, they were going to have the blood transfusion because, you know, Caleb goes back and tells his dad on his dying bed, I need a blood transfusion. And he gives him one. Luckily they had the same blood uh, because you could still have different blood, by the way, even if you're your dad, you know, by the way, so don't do that. Right. Don't transfuse each other. Kelly kids, was kids don't transfuse each other. Kelly was kind of confused by that. I was like, he's a vet. That's why he has that equipment in his truck. Ah, uh, that he's a vet. His he's dad. A, yeah. Anyway, so he blood transfuses him, and then of course he brings May back after saving Sarah, and they transfuse her, and she's in the sunlight, and she's freaked out. And he kind of forces the transfusion on her. He didn't even ask her. He just kind of like, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're in love and you're just going to have to deal with it. I don't care if you want to be a vampire or not, whether you be an evil one or a good one. You're not a vampire anymore. Surprise. (laughs) It's like, wow, we're really getting this relationship started off to a good start. You're already ordering food for me. You're telling me what to wear. (laughs) If I can be a vampire. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's like next thing you know, she's going to be handing him beers and he's going to be sitting on the couch ignoring her for the rest of the night. And then she's going to take care of the kid and he's a piece of shit and he's worse than a fucking vampire. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Just making shit up. (laughs) I'm sure somebody who's listening right now is, I'm not going to listen to this liberal bullshit. (laughs) I'm going to go fucking shoot a fucking... (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to argue about fucking abortion and then I'm going to go out and make some fucking three-year-old child starve because that's who I am. 
Once they're born, it's free game. Fuck them. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, fuck. None of that shit phases me, but yeah. I just like to poke at it because it's poking the bear. So yeah, those are the two movies. Uh, yeah, we went a little long today again. 15 minutes over, probably. It's probably We're at two hours now, by the way, guys. But technically, I probably trimmed it down a little bit, so we got like a... 15 maybe minutes like, off or something. Yeah, maybe like 145 or something. Hopefully it was coherent and we made sense and points and talked about things that you were interested in, uh, hopefully. I know that Alex did. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Where? Who? <laughs> Who why, why are my pants wet? <laughs> By the way, did you remember, did you see in the movie, I don't know, this is just a fun little side tidbit if you've seen the movie. Side tit? Little titty, titty mo, tit, tit, <laughs> little tidbit. Uh, in the hunger, when what's her name's putting him in the box, he's got pee. Yeah, on his yeah, pants. He hey, one little. Did th- you see that? I did. <laughs> Kelly actually mentioned it. She's the one that pointed it out. Well, don't to me. talk too much into it because I didn't explain it in the right part. But just, just knowing that you identify it, okay. But uh, here's one thing, just to connect. It's trying to be vague, right? This to connect this episode with last week's episode. One tidbit that I connected to Evil Dead. Again, here we go. It's the spiral, baby. We're all connected. It's all a part. I, I don't know if you're, I think you're just obsessed. <laughs> I am obsessed with Evil Dead. But, anyways, the scene where in the hunger where the vampire dies mm-hmm. and then like everybody kind of crumbles and goes into dust. The scene where the two. Oh, okay. In the first Evil Dead. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You see, yeah, you yeah, see what I'm saying. I'm All sure, right. You I'm saw sh- it too. Yeah, but I'm sure they got it from somewhere else. It's not a technique that was new in that time. But that was I like think, done in the 70s when they were doing claymation shit all the time. So it definitely. Okay. The Time Machine, Evil Dead. Same fucking thing. Yeah. It definitely recalled me to that. Okay. Well, it's not Evil Dead. Let you it suck go. a dick. It is. Let it go, Patrick. Evil Dead forever. Anyway. So, uh, but yeah, that's it for our show tonight. Uh, Christina and I are going to be watching some movies next week. Um, I think we might be watching Cannibal Pharaoh or Ferox, which is they make them die slowly. Um, kind of have Cannibal Holocaust ripoff. Uh, and another movie called Eaten Live, not the one with Willem Dafoe. It's, a, it's another movie called Eaten Live about cannibals. <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure that that's what we're going to be watching, so don't take my word on it. But, you know. Have you guys watched Ravenous yet? Yeah, we've we. I think we did back in the day. Um, I mean, with for Mike. the podcast, I think with Mike we did it. Ah, uh, it's one of my favorite. Movies. I think, or we talked about it. I just can't remember. Like my memories, you know, it's been five years, right? So I do my best to try to remember for the most part. But I've got so many movies that I have that I've bought that I'm trying to watch. Um, it's either that I really want to watch Star Crystal, uh, just to check that one out too, you know, and maybe watch that with another fucking sci-fi fucking film. Something. I got all these movies. I really want to watch them, and uh, I just never have enough time. It's like I don't want to watch them without talking about them. So, right. It's either do a review or don't. And you know, I got Killing Birds. I haven't watched, which is Zombie Five. And I, I just want to say real quick, though, before we leave, thank you for inviting me back. Yeah, I, man. I enjoy being here. I, I, no, I miss it. You're done. You're Get at the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, I'm glad you came too, man. Thanks for coming by. I, I had fun. It's been it's been good. We should do this more often. Yeah, you know? we and, really should. Yeah, you're welcome to come on anytime. I I've left the door open for pretty much everybody that's been on the podcast. So you know, it's up to them. They want to come back. You know, you're the only one that responds. I guess. So. Well, by myself shouting at the wall. You're my friend to the end. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we got Halloween Kills. The new trailer just came out. I'm kind of excited about that for the first time. I was not excited about Halloween 2018 at all. And when I saw it, I thought I think I gave it like a six or six point five, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, I'm masturbating over this movie like every night." And I haven't been excited about the new franchise since till I saw the trailer for the I new. I think I'm due for a lashing because I still haven't seen the newest one. Oh, my God, dude. This is what happens, guys, when you get married and you have kids. Like, you give up your whole life. You just kind of fall. Everything that you love for fucking nothing. Nothing! <laughs> I don't think you've seen how cute my kid I, is. I get it. I don't want a cute kid. I want to watch fucking horror movies. You do that. See my, you see my babies? I have way more babies than you. Look at this wall. You see all these babies? These are all my babies. Yeah, they'll never give you a loving embrace. I don't give a shit. And they'll never They take you. me to another world. <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys, for coming by this week. Patrick, thank you for coming by for the next You're welcome, my friend. two weeks. Christina will be back next week. We'll be watching something different. I don't know. Technically, we're supposed to be doing... Who cares? Because I won't hold be on. here. What is it called? What's the 60s horror... Hammer Horror? Yes. Technically, we're supposed to be doing Hammer Horror next week. Um, I kind of want to just do something else for that week and then maybe do Hammer Horror after that. Uh, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I'm just in the mood for certain things, and I got to get it out. When you do do Hammer Horror, I'm thinking you should do some of the vampire stuff. Well, we already kind of did. I mean, some. Which I feel like we've been doing a lot of vampire stuff lately, more than we ever have on this podcast. It, Christina. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, it's mostly because of her stupid bitch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Stina because of that. We have a kinship because of that. I think. Yeah, you think? Yeah, uh, I don't know. When she, I, I saw think, I when think... I saw the hunger, I was like, I know why she wanted to watch. Yeah, me. she's <laughs> pissed. She's pissed. She's so mad. Just blame it on me. Blame it on the rain. Yeah, yeah. Copyright strike. Copyright. <laughs> anyway. Thank you guys so much for coming by this week. We'll be back next week. Thank you guys so much. And uh, as always, long live the boy.